Welcome to our sermon podcast here at City of Light Anglican Church. We are a new church in Aurora, Illinois, finding a new day in Jesus. We want to see the light of Jesus rise and shine in our hearts, in our homes, and in our neighborhoods. Thanks for joining us for today's message from Father Trevor. Uh, this morning for our message time, we're not going to do sort of the, the normal message we we normally do here. Instead, Bonnie and I are just going to take the time to share a little bit about our summer of Sabbath and what we were doing, what was going on for our family, and how the Lord was kind of um, meeting us and ministering to us. So um, this won't have three points that all start with the same letter or anything like that. Um, but we're just we're just so delighted to be back here with you all. We missed you so much. Um, we love you dearly, and uh, I've said this a couple times, but um, coming back and celebrating communion for the first time since uh, our Sabbath last week was so rich for me and for us, because the Lord brings us into communion, not just with himself, but with his body, with his entire family, and we are bound together by the love of Jesus and by his death and resurrection and ascension. And uh, we, we missed you deeply, and we are so delighted to be back. So we just want to catch up. Um, after we share a little bit, we'd love to hear what the Lord's been doing in your life this summer, what has been happening um, in your life here at City of Light, and just kind of take a chance to all share a little bit and then turn that um, sharing into prayer. So our prayers of the people this morning will just be a really simple chance for anyone to offer up a prayer of thanksgiving. God, thank you for, for this that you've been doing. So if you got a chance to come to any of our story nights or any, any of our prayer meetings and things like that, we often do this. We'll, we'll ask the question, where have you seen God working? Where has he been present with you this summer? Um, Maybe it's through a scripture passage, through a message um, from one of the preachers here, through a song. Um, how have you experienced his presence? Uh, what, what can you give thanks to him for this morning? Um, and so at the end of uh, this time, we'll, we'll just invite anyone to, to jump in and share that. All right. So we wanted to show a couple photos. Um, so Bonnie's going to talk us through some of the things we did. Um, is this the the twenty minute version or the sixty minute version of the? We'll do the show? twenty. We'll do the twenty. The twenty. Minute, okay. Minute version. Just, we're just total. Gonna, total. Not, not just the slideshow. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So That's we're fine. we're just going to kind of walk you through some of what we did because so many of you have have asked like where were you where were you guys where did you go what did your family do. So I'm actually going to stand so I can see these photos. But Deb, would you go ahead and put the first photo up? Okay, so pretty quickly after we began sabbatical, we had the opportunity to go to Mexico as a family, which was kind of a dream come true for all of us. Um, we had a ton of fun. We saw like 300 iguanas, which if you know our daughter, our 10-year-old daughter Nora at all, was very thrilling. Every time. Every time. It's like, Dad, stop the car. And we're like, what, 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 what's happening? And she's like, it's a lizard. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, Nora, there's another lizard. That's good. They're kind of like the, Trevor likes to say they're the squirrels of 
of the of, Yucatan Peninsula. Yeah, yeah they're, the they're everywhere. Peninsula. They're just everywhere. Um, so fun. But we just we stayed in in Airbnb right there on the beach. That was our that was our view. So every morning um, we would great, look out. Yeah, go the ahead. The great thing about Airbnbs in Mexico is that it. It costs more money to stay at the Holiday Inn by two brothers in Aurora than it does to stay on the beach in Mexico. Yeah. So, so that's kind of nice. It's, it's pretty great. Um, but one, uh, our, I think our favorite experience was uh, shopping with our kids in Mexico um, because haggling is just like a big part of what you do when you, when you shop. You know, the, the price, it's not like in the States where the price you see is the price you pay. There's, there's some... There's some wiggle room. So one time we were out shopping, and our kids had each saved up all of this uh, this money. They had been working really hard on chores and saving their money. So we put it into pesos, and so they had a certain amount. And Nora had gone ahead, and she had bought a doll, which was most of her money, but she still had 100 pesos left, which I think is about like 5 or $6. So we were at this one shop, and she saw this little stingray that was made out of um, a shell or some sort of stone, and she kind of fell in love with it. And she's like, "I really want to get this as my last as my last item." And we looked at the back, and it was 400 pesos. And we we're like, "Oh, sorry, honey, that's just going to be way too much." So but we're like, "You should go up and and ask the store owner um, how much it costs." So she went up and she said, "Cuánto cuesta?" You know, how much does it cost? And that's like about as much as she knows. And uh, he said, "It's." It's what three fifty or something, and she's like, "Oh, well, I don't have nearly enough, so sorry." So she was looking at some other things, and and then we, and then he came back to her and he said, "How about how about two fifty? How about two fifty? And she's like, "I still don't have enough. I'm sorry." And then we went to leave, and we were actually walking down the sidewalk, and he came running after her, and it was about ten a.m. and he said, "Listen." I haven't made a sale yet today. I want you to be my first sale. I'll give it to you for a hundred. And and she was just like, uh, like, is that allowed? Is it is but like, okay, yeah, yeah, like you've got a deal. So and then after that, she's just like, I love this. <laughs> like, can we just keep shopping all day long? So that was just a really fun like cultural experience and to have our kids in a different culture and working on our Spanish and eating lots of fun food was just really wonderful. Um, so then, Deb, if you wouldn't mind putting up the next slide. Then we spent a few days in New Glarus, Wisconsin with my dad, who is also on sabbatical from our sending church, Church of the Resurrection. Um, that's at the New Glarus Brewery, which is was the only thing I knew about New Glarus, but it's also a really cute Swiss town, and so we had a great time there. And then we headed on to to Michigan, and this is Trevor's family's lake cottage. That's the that's the view from the the front windows that just go all the way across the front of the cottage. And so that's kind of been our safe place for um, about eight years now, ever since they bought it. Um, and that's where we go to, to escape, and it's a haven, and it's kind of like um, got these muscle, we've got like this muscle memory of rest in that place because we've done it so many times before. We know we get to the cottage and we rest. And even like logistical things like thinking about um, where we're going to shop for groceries and, you know, what, what are the kids going to do, it's all kind of already there. And the answer is they swim like four hours a day. That's what we do there. So that's great. And 
on the boat, and you can keep going, Deb, through these in the water. Lots of lots of jumping in the water. Lots of sunscreen. So seven or eight cans of sunscreen. We, yeah, yeah, I was like, did we budget for sunscreen this <laughs> no, summer? Because not we spent like a hundred dollars <laughs> on sunscreen. Yeah. Okay, and then the next one, Deb, thanks. Spent time with, lots of time with family, which was delightful. That's Trevor's brother's family here. You could go to the next one. Um, there's, the, there's the children's. Um, and then, uh, you, yep, okay, so and then this is, <laughs> Trevor and I got to spend uh, three nights in, in Toronto, which we had never been to before. And I don't know who's been to Toronto, but it's a really fun city, like really good food culture, just lots to do. It's on a lake, so it kind of reminded us of Chicago. And we, we rented bikes everywhere we, we went instead of taking public transportation. Um, and it was, super, it was just a great way to see the city. So that's me on my bike with the skyline behind me. Now, Trevor took this photo while mm -hmm. he was also biking mm -hmm. in traffic behind me, and I think there's also a video that you took that's like on me on the bike for a second, and then like the phone falls down. It didn't really fall. And I was like, yeah. oh, what are you doing? But anyway, that was a, a really wonderful time. Living on okay. the edge. Living on the edge, yeah. Um, and then the next one, Deb, thanks. Um, and then we spent a lot of time reading. Uh, so this is our, collectively, our family uh, reading lists and these like we actually read all these <laughs> these books so that, that we spent a lot of time doing that and covering a wide variety of topics we had Harry Potter and Spiderwick Chronicles and I read a lot about Tudor England because I'm a nerd and we read just a lot of really great stuff so yeah so we wanted to share a couple of the books we read mm -hmm. and a couple quotes um, and so I've got some Agatha Christie novels I wanted to read from this morning. Not really. But he um, did read a lot. Of I did read Agatha a lot. Christie. Um, but yeah, just a few, uh, a few books. I got to read uh, Leading a Healthy Multi-Ethnic Church by Mark DeMaz. And um, some of you were reading uh, Building a Healthy Multi-Ethnic Church and getting to talk about that. This is kind of a companion book. That was really, really good. And then I read um, Wide Awake is by Daniel Hill about what it means to be a white person in America and just how to navigate some of the racial, cultural things going on in our country as the church. This was really excellent. And I would read a quote, but out of context, the quotes are a bit uh, intense. So <laughs> it would take some unpacking. So I'll probably quote from that in messages coming up later, but I would highly recommend that book. And then I also read this. This is a book by Peter Scazzaro. He also leads a multi-ethnic church in uh, Queens. And um, Sarah handed this to me before sabbatical, and I hadn't read it since college. And it was so good. It was so yeah. good. So definitely recommend that one as well. Yeah, uh, um, and just a couple of my highlights. Um, I and then the rest of our worship leaders here at City of Light read um, The Next Worship by Sa Sandra Marie Van Opstel. And she is a Latino worship pastor and has done a lot of work um, theologically with just what does it mean to worship in diversity um, as the church. So she works with um, people and worship leaders across a wide variety of, of cultures and helps coach them and mentor them in that. Um, even if you're not a worship leader, this was a really fantastic read for just um, uh, unpacking some of the questions of how does our worship 
welcome and how is it inclusive for um, the entire scope of humanity and, and, and the kingdom of God. Um, so this is something I'll be continuing to mull over and pray over um, in the year ahead, and I'm really excited about that. Um, one, of the, one of the books that was just the most um, powerful for me personally and just I would love to recommend to you all is um, Subversive Sabbath by A.J. Swoboda. Um, it's a pretty awesome last name. Um, and it was just so appropriate that the Lord gave this to me while we were experiencing this, this season of rest. But this book is really, it's really accessible for anyone, and it kind of um, gives you a really beautiful and compelling picture of why the Lord has given us the Sabbath as a gift and what a gift it can be. Um, so I just wanted to read one of the quotes that I really resonated with. Um, I have so many. Okay. And just hang in there. It's a, it's a few paragraphs long, but it's, it's really good. Um, the Sabbath is God's stand against the tyranny of always having to say yes. The Sabbath is God's gift of a no to us in our obsessive compulsive patterns of living. The Sabbath is God's solution to FOMO anxieties. On the Sabbath, we are in because we are with Jesus. God is with us, and the world does not define us. We were never at its center anyway. The Sabbath, it turns out, is mentioned 58 times in the Bible. God repeatedly invites us to say no to the world that we might say yes to God. Corey Tenboom once wrote, if the devil cannot make us bad, he will make us busy. Be they relational, occupational, or church responsibilities, we are each faced with a thousand daily choices about what we will and will not give our time and energy to. Because we often do not take time to establish boundaries, we constantly catch ourselves defaulting to yes. Think of it this way. Every yes, we, every yes takes a little space out of our lives. Soon, after a thousand yeses, we find ourselves exhausted and marginless. This commitment creep has happened to every one of us. An open week quickly becomes a hodgepodge of yeses that we gave ourselves to unthinkingly. And before we know it, our calendars are filled with who knows what for the purposes of who knows. And often there are, there are theological reasons for this. The neurotic yes is secretly given because we see human effort as the only way God's kingdom can be built in this world. But God's kingdom can never be built with human hands. Um, and then going on just a little, just a few more sentences. God's rest is always more effective than human work. God rests and the world is finished. God re Jesus rests in the tomb and the world is being restored. The spirit rests on us and the church is empowered. The root sin of busyness is sloth, that laziness of spirit in which the muscles of intention, of discernment and boundary have atrophied. In sloth, we refuse to do what we are created to do as beings made in the image of God and saved by the cross of Christ. Sloth of spirit is the inability to say no and have boundaries. For the Christian, a no should be spoken with the discernment of what God has spoken yes over. We must be sensitive to what God has called us to in order to be free to say no to other prospects. We must have ground in our week that is fallow, free from commitments, free of obligations, a place where life can flourish. A no creates healthy margin in our lives. Have you said no to someone today? 
So just a lot of richness here, um, especially for us as Americans. He's got a lot of great thoughts about technology and um, how Sabbath actually empowers um, the poor, um, which I love. So highly recommend this one. Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, we've kept Sabbath weekly as a family for eight or nine years, really intentionally, and it's been transformative for us. It's really healing for us. But doing it for three months was weird. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. And there was this huge sense of saying no and letting go and being like, I can't, I can't do that. Um, and, and in a way, the Lord has asked us not to do that. Um, and just feeling so limited in that way created so much freedom. Um, and so much uh, uh, space for the Lord to engage and to work um, that, that limits are a, a good thing for humans mm-hmm. um, because our God is limitless. Um, and it made me think, you know, that there's just, thinking about life and limits, there's just far too much to take in here, you know. There's more to do than can ever be done. Um, but the sun flying high in the sapphire sky, keeps great and small in the endless round. So it's the circle of life. Trevor, are you quoting, just quoting The Lion King? Yeah, yeah, I was just quoting The Lion King. Yeah, okay. okay. <laughs> um, we read a passage from Acts, and it was kind of two uh, random passages together. And it's about Philip. Philip is one of my favorite characters in the book of Acts. And I think um, you all read that a couple weeks ago about how he meets this Ethiopian man. And the end of, or the beginning of this passage is so amazing because the Holy Spirit has this sending call on, on Philip where he just tells him, um, he just tells him to go. An angel of the Lord says to Philip, go south. That's it. <laughs> That's all the information he had. And he obeys and he goes. And then at the end of this encounter, um, it, it says, that he uh, suddenly, the spirit took Philip away and he appeared at Azotus. It it seems to be saying that he like just disappeared and then reappeared. In another translation, it says Philip found himself in Azotus. It's like he has no idea where the Lord is sending him. He has no idea what the Lord is doing. It's just this incredibly profound call to go. And Philip just fully obeys. Well, then at the end of Acts, in uh, chapter 21 that we just read, the Apostle Paul and his um, posse are traveling back to Jerusalem. And they stay with someone before going into the city, someone in Caesarea, and they stay with Philip. And this is the, the only other time we hear about Philip. He's called Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven. Now, this is years later. Philip has been living in that same city. He hasn't been sent any more crazy places that we know of. He was sent, but then the Holy Spirit put him in Caesarea to stay. There was a sending call, and then there was a saying call, staying call. And we, um, we read that uh, they stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven, one of the first seven deacons, and he had four daughters who prophesied. So after this like amazing call to go, this sending call, um, the Holy Spirit gives him a staying call to be there, to raise children, to prophesy and to know the Lord. 
And both of those are um, take courage to obey, um, both a, a call to, to be sent and a call to stay um, and to invest where you are. We, we, the Lord called us this summer to Sabbath, and that was a, a different call than we'd ever experienced before. Um, and it took, it took obedience to get into it and to, to do it. Um, we had felt very much a sending call when the Lord sent us to Aurora and began to gather an amazing team of, of folks from, from here and from other um, places to, to, to be sent to this neighborhood. And we just feel as we return this, this staying call, this call to be here, um, to live in the house the Lord has given us, in the neighborhood he's sent us to, and to be here. Um, when you became a monk a thousand years ago, uh, you took some vows. And some of those vows are more well-known than others. You take a vow of celibacy to be a monk or to be, to be a brother or a sister. You take a vow of celibacy. And you're symbolically married to the church and married to Jesus. You take a vow of poverty in most of those uh, orders that you will not have possessions. But there's also another vow you take. You take a vow of stability, where you say, this is my home. This is where I live. These are my brothers, or these are my sisters. This is my community, and I will be here. I'm not going anywhere. And that vow of stability becomes the opportunity for transformation and healing as you go through the challenges of staying, of, of being, of staying committed to a family and to a community. And the Lord uses that to change you. We all have different seasons and different calls, calls to be sent, calls to stay. Both of those take obedience. Both of those take courage. And in both of those, um, the Holy Spirit works his transformation. And so we, we're just kind of coming back from this strange, weird in-between season of uh, four or five years of being sent um, and looking forward with great joy and excitement to being called to a season of staying. Wow. Um, Trevor shared one of the passages in Acts that was meaningful for him and I just wanted to real briefly share one that the Lord ministered to me, and it was from, it was the psalm that we read this morning, Psalm 71. Um, uh, we both had the chance to take individual prayer retreats over sabbatical, which was, if you have little kids, I mean, that's just <laughs> a huge luxury. So I got two nights away at the beginning of our time, and I went to a Catholic retreat center, and um, the room is really sparse. There's not a lot of furniture, and the bed is kind of hard, and the food's not great. But it just felt, I mean, I was like, this is amazing. I have two nights to myself. Like, what am I going to do with all this time? Well, I mean, sleep mostly was the answer. But that's okay, because sleep counts on a prayer retreat, which kind of takes some, some relearning about um, yeah, so anyway, so I slept a lot, and, um, and I, I, I was pretty tired after this, 
this last season. And so I was just like, I don't know what to do. And the great thing about um, our tradition as Anglicans is we don't have to um, approach God with this agenda or um, this really strict devotional plan that we've planned out beforehand. We can just, um, we can take advantage of the greatest tool that the church has given us, which is the Book of Common Prayer. And um, I actually would love to do a workshop this fall on just how to use this and kind of how to, how to demystify it because it does kind of have a little bit of a learning curve to it, but um, but it's really just amazing to fall back on this when we don't feel like praying or we don't know how to pray or we don't feel like opening our Bible. So every day the church gives us these prayers to pray and these um, scriptures to read. It's just kind of a jumping off point, and then we can take it from there with the Lord. So um, on, that, on that prayer retreat, which was at the beginning of, of our sabbatical, the Lord gave me, because it was the reading for the day, it was Psalm 71. So um, I read that, and it says, In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, rescue me and deliver me. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. And that, the phrase that struck me most was just that, that opening verse, Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Um, and God as our rock is used a lot in scripture. But what I love about, uh, about here is the psalmist says, not only is God my rock, but I can always go to him. And then he lays out his entire lifespan from birth, from my mother's womb, you have been my God. You have been faithful to me. And then he goes on and he says, um, so even to old age and gray hairs, oh God, do not forsake me. And just that theme of God's faithfulness throughout my lifetime, that no matter what changes around me or what, um, what uh, hard experiences we face, what betrayal we face, um, the rock is the rock is the rock. God is always the same. So that was just um, such a deep encouragement to me as I began, and that kind of became my Sabbath and my sabbatical theme passage. Bonnie and I just want to say uh, thank you. Uh, thank you to, to all of you and to so many for the gift of this time of Sabbath, this sabbatical, um, for our parish council, for, for making it work and for proving it, for our setting church and cathedral church of the resurrection, um, for their support and um, care in the process. Um, to some really amazing uh, preachers and worship leaders from City of Light, from our diocese, from our city, who were here ministering. Really grateful for that. Um, to our staff team here, uh, leading without us, to Grace and Brittany and Mark, um, to Casey and Erica for uh, pastoring all summer um, on our behalf. Uh, we're so grateful. We're so grateful. Um, I don't know how many conversations I've had with people who are like, wait, your church is four years old and you guys could be away for three months? 
and then I'd get really scared. Um, <laughs> but then I'd go, we have just an amazing team of leaders and of team members and all of you serving each week to love one another and to love the Lord and to invite other people into that kind of family. Um, that's beautiful. Uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. So thank you. Thank you. And we're really grateful for just lots of practical ways you cared for us too, mowing our lawn while we are gone and making us meals and fixing things that were breaking down. And um, that means a lot to us, uh, those, those tangible things that we know that we're in this together and we're a family together. Um, the biggest gift of our summer so far, I think we'll be processing and learning some of the things God was doing, but the, the biggest gift was just the, the time we had together as a family. Um, the time Bonnie and I had together where we didn't have to collaborate on, on work things, which we love, um, but we could just hang out and be together. And the same with our kids. I mean, we could feel as the summer went on, our kids kind of, the pressure and stress that they feel in life just kind of drain away, and we just had wonderful time together. Um, and that was a gift that you all gave us. Um, and that means so much to our kids because they have this weird uh, dynamic where, yes, mom and dad work, but we work for the church they go to. Um, and so we're always just trying to be really careful, like, how do we make sure they don't, you know, that, that their relationship with the church isn't impacted by the fact that we're the pastors of it. That's really important. Um, and for them to know that their church family gave them the gift of their parents for the summer, that's really special. It's really special for them. So thank you. I was, uh, we were talking with Nora and Finn last night about just about our Sabbath, and Nora said, yeah, I just, I, I, I want to tell the church, just thank you for working so hard to give us the gift of this time together as a family. Thanks for listening to this podcast from City of Light Anglican Church. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us online at cityoflightanglican.org. And now, may the light of Jesus scatter the darkness from before your path.